Hi, and welcome back to another episode of What to Expect When You're Arrested. My name is Sean Hendrickson. In addition to hosting this podcast, I am also a criminal defense attorney here in San Antonio. Today, we will be discussing DWI cases in particular. And if you're arrested for DWI, what are some things that are particular to DWIs that you can expect to have happen? Before we start talking about that, I do have a free download for you. Four things you need to be doing if you've been arrested. You can click down in the show notes and there's a link down there. We will send out a copy of that to you. Also, if you're being charged with a crime here in the San Antonio area, feel free to give us a call at 210-775-0852. Or you can click on another link down in the show notes where you can schedule a free consultation. If you've been arrested for DWI, first, you may be wondering what exactly does the state have to prove to get a conviction on a DWI? And essentially, the state just has to show that you were operating a motor vehicle in a public place while you were intoxicated. There are different ways that the state can prove or try to prove that you were intoxicated. They can either show that you had a blood alcohol level of 0.08 or higher. They can show that you've lost the normal use of your mental faculties, or they can show that you've lost the normal use of your physical faculties. If they prove any one of those things, then that's enough to show that you were intoxicated. Generally, because the state is getting either breath tests or blood tests in almost every case, they're going to use that 0.08 or higher just because it's easier for them to show and because juries kind of like to have that number to go off of. One of the most important things that you need to know is that if you're being charged with DWI, DPS is also probably trying to suspend your driver's license. If you are arrested for DWI and either you refuse to give a blood or breath test or if you consent to a blood or breath test and your blood alcohol level is 0.08 or higher, then DPS is going to try and suspend your driver's license. Pretty much the only way you're going to be able to avoid that is if you consent to a blood or breath test and it comes back, but they're still charging you with DWI because they believe that you're intoxicated off of drugs instead of alcohol because then obviously you're not gonna have a blood alcohol limit of 0.08 or higher. Now I mentioned that DPS is going to try and suspend your driver's license. And if you don't do anything, then your driver's license will be automatically suspended. But you've got 15 days from the date that you were arrested to contest that. And you can request a hearing to keep your driver's license. It's what's called an ALR hearing. And ALR just stands for Administrative License Revocation. I definitely recommend that you do that no matter what. Even if you change your mind later on, there's no harm in requesting an ALR hearing right now. Your attorney can get valuable information from an ALR hearing. Generally, it's not too hard for DPS to suspend your driver's license as long as the officer shows up because it's kind of a lower bar. It's definitely easier for them to suspend your driver's license than it is for them to convict you of DWI. But the main advantage of requesting the hearing, even if your license does ultimately get suspended, is it gives your attorney the opportunity to subpoena the officer. And when he comes into that hearing, we essentially get a chance to cross-examine him at that time. And that can give us a lot of really good information because the police report may be unclear about exactly why he pulled you over, or maybe there are some questions about what he was doing when he was performing the field sobriety tests. And if his reason for pulling you over or if he wasn't doing the field sobriety tests, those are things that we can use on your DWI case, not just the driver's license case, 
that can help us to get a better result on your case ultimately. One thing that's a little bit different about DWI cases is that in a lot of instances, the district attorney's office isn't going to formally charge you as soon as you're arrested. If they are waiting for blood results, then they're not going to file the case against you until they get those blood results back. And the reason for that is they want to make sure that when you're arrested for DWI, that your blood alcohol level is 0.08 or higher, or that you've got drugs in your system, or that they've got some sort of evidence to show that you may be intoxicated. They don't want to charge you with DWI, start going through the whole process related to that, and then have a blood test that comes back with no alcohol and no drugs in it, because then you've been formally charged with a crime when it's clear that you were innocent of that crime. The punishment range for a first level DWI that's not being enhanced in any way is up to six months in jail and up to a $2,000 fine. It's a class B misdemeanor. So as far as the punishment range goes, it's on the lower level of criminal offenses. But DWIs are cases that can start out small and they can get bigger. The state has a lot of different ways that they can enhance a DWI. If your blood alcohol level is 0.08 or higher, then they can enhance it up to a class A misdemeanor with a maximum punishment of a year in jail. If you've got a child in the car, they can enhance it to a state jail felony to be specific. Or if it's your third or more, then they can enhance it to a felony. Also, a second DWI is still a misdemeanor, but it's a higher level offense also. The reason that this is important is that if you have been arrested for DWI, you don't want to get more DWIs because any more DWIs is going to mean enhanced punishment. And obviously, we want you to avoid any sort of enhanced punishment on a DWI or any other case. In DWIs, just like in every other case, most people want to know how likely it is that their case is going to get dismissed. And what I did in preparing for this podcast was I pulled up the records for all of the DWIs that were resolved in 2019. And the reason I did 2019 was because of the pandemic, at least part of the year in both 2020 and 2021, we haven't had trials. And so everything's been kind of backing up. And and I don't think either of those is as clear or gives as good of an idea as 2019. So in Bear County in 2019, for first level DWI cases, for a first DWI, there were 3,467 DWIs that were closed out. Of those, 699 of them were dismissed, which comes out to right around 20% of them. Without knowing any of the facts of the case or who your attorney is, what court your case is in, your criminal history or anything, we know that a person who's charged with DWI has about a 20% chance of having their case dismissed. What that generally means is the state usually has the upper hand in DWI cases. In most cases, they've got you know some sort of driving, whether it's speeding or maybe the person isn't driving well. Normally, after that happens, the officer will ask if you've been drinking or anything. And a lot of times there's an admission to drinking, maybe coming from a party or a bar or something like that. And then you've got field sobriety tests and the officer says an indication that you were intoxicated. And finally, they normally have a blood or breath test with a blood alcohol level of 0.08 or higher. All of those things, when they line up like that, are pretty tough to overcome on the defense side. However, there are ways that DWI cases can get dismissed. One of the main ways that we can get a DWI dismissed is if we can get the blood or breath test to stay out of court. Because if a DWI goes to trial, juries know they're getting blood or breath tests in almost every case. And so if there's a DWI trial 
and the prosecutor is not introducing the blood or breath test for whatever reason, it starts to make jurors wonder and it starts making them less certain about what exactly is going on. They can, of course, find that you're intoxicated because you've lost the normal use of your mental or physical faculties. But generally speaking, in my experience, most juries like the number and like using that number. Sticking with that blood or breath test result, the second way that it's possible to get DWIs dismissed is by being able to show that that test isn't reliable. And that can be anything from showing that there was the breath test that was 0.09 and it's just kind of within the margin of error. So there's reasonable doubt there. Or maybe the blood or breath test shows that you were really intoxicated, but when you do the field sobriety test, you actually look pretty good. And so what the jurors are seeing on the video doesn't really line up with what they're seeing on the blood or breath test result. Or maybe there was a problem that happened at the lab from the time that the blood was taken out of your arm to the time where that lab technician came up with the result. Maybe your blood wasn't handled properly, and there's a reason to believe that the test may not have been accurate there. Lastly, as far as DWI goes, I'd like to talk about what happens for most people who are being charged with a first level DWI. Normally, depending on what your criminal history is and what the facts of the case are, in a lot of cases, if your blood or breath test was low, if there was no crash, if you don't have any criminal history, instead of being charged with DWI, we may be able to get it changed to obstruction of a highway, which has a different level of offense. There's still both class B misdemeanors, but there are certain consequences like a driver's license suspension that a DWI is going to have that an obstruction may not have. The other thing is an obstruction can't necessarily be used to enhance a DWI. So if you get charged with a DWI later on, that second DWI arrest may still be a first DWI because your original DWI wasn't charged as a DWI. It got changed to obstruction of a highway. I know that sounds a little bit confusing, but just know that generally an obstruction of a highway is better to have on your record than a DWI is. Regardless of whether the ultimate charge is obstruction of a highway or DWI first, there are some pretty standard terms that go along with any DWI plea. So first off, you'll be on probation for some time between a year and a year and a half. You'll have a few hundred dollars worth of fines to pay. You'll have court costs to pay, which are usually about $300. You'll have to do a DWI education program, which is basically a class you have to take. A victim impact panel, which is essentially people who have been negatively affected by DWI, let you know about their experience so that you know that a DWI isn't like a victimless crime. There will be a drug and an alcohol evaluation to determine if you have any issues with drugs or alcohol. And if the evaluation determines that you do, then they can make recommendations anywhere from Alcoholics Anonymous all the way up to outpatient or even inpatient treatment. And whatever the recommendation that came out of that would be part of what you had to do for probation. You would also have to have ignition interlock for half the term of your probation. So if you were on probation for a year, then generally you'd have ignition interlock for six months. And for DWI, that's kind of what a general offer is on a first level DWI. If your DWI is being enhanced for any reason, then of course the offer is going to be different than what I just said. It'll probably have something similar to those things, but there may be more. You may be on probation longer. They may be asking for some sort of jail time, either as a part of probation or they may not offer probation at all. If you've had enough DWIs, then it's going to get to a point where they're going to be asking for prison time. If you're being charged with a DWI, it's important to find an attorney who knows how to handle DWIs and not just knows how to clean them out quickly, but there's a lot of science that goes behind everything on a DWI. So 
whether it's a blood test or breath test, there's a lot of different things that go into knowing how to read those and knowing how to keep blood and breath test results from coming into court. Whoever you end up hiring, make sure that they have the knowledge about how to do that. And make sure also that it's somebody that you're comfortable with. You've probably heard before that I was arrested for DWI when I was in my early 20s. And the attorney who I had didn't do a great job of letting me know what to expect and being there to answer my questions. So make sure that you've got somebody who can help you out with that also. I hope all of this has been really helpful for you. If you do have any questions about any of this, or if you're being charged for a DWI or anything else here in San Antonio, feel free to give me a call. My phone number is 210-775-0852. And I look forward to helping you out and I hope that you have a great day.